How can small businesses possibly compete with bigger businesses and or larger corporations? A small bookstore competing with Amazon? Absurd. A national steakhouse versus a family-owned restaurant? No way, right? What about a small local bank winning against a behemoth bank? Absolutely not. Or is it possible? Today, we will discuss not only how small businesses can compete with bigger businesses, but also win. Today's episode is brought to you by F1 for Help, your on-site service and support specialists. If your computer is doing something it shouldn't, give Joe a call at 208-687-0183. Welcome to the Business Buffet Podcast with Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. This is a conversation in and around business with a pinch here and a sprinkle there of anecdotal stories. Like most buffets, we will offer the staples, you know, the things that are in every buffet, the meat and potatoes with a cursory helping of veggies. Our Business Buffet podcast aims to give you the fundamental principles and strategies any successful business needs to know. Please subscribe to the Business Buffet podcast wherever you download your podcasts. We hope you're hungry as the Business Buffet is open and ready to serve. Now, here is Ed Bejarana and Phil Anderson. Welcome back or welcome to the Business Buffet main course podcast. My name is Phil Anderson and sitting with me is my good friend Ed Bejarana. How's it going today, Ed? You know, I love snow and good thing because we live in North Idaho. You are sick. (laughs) I'm serious. This is just not the way to start this out. I, I'm so tired of shoveling. Oh, well, so you got to get a snowblower. Yeah. I don't do the shoveling. My neighbor has a snowblower, and my neighbor was nice enough to go <laughs> and snowblow my driveway and my walkway yesterday. I was so happy. So this is our 20th main course business buffet episode, and it's 2020. That's kind of a big deal, right? Absolutely. Because that's 20 weeks of main course prod, uh, podcasts. Um, speaking of big deals, there are many in small business that feel like competing with the big boys, corporate America is impossible. Isn't it? Well, I see I don't I don't think that's impossible at all. I clearly there are some advantage of being big, uh, advantages of being big, and I think there are advantages of being small as well. Well, being it this is a podcast, they couldn't see my tongue in cheek. <laughs> I I think being small gives us a tremendous advantage. I I couldn't agree with you more. So, According to the U.S. Small Business Administration, the SBA, um, small businesses encompass 99.7% of all businesses. That's a huge number. Um, And and those are uh, all businesses that have employees in the U.S. under that umbrella term. Okay, so that's small businesses, that term. So the SBA considers companies with less than 500 employees to be small businesses. Well, and they also add on there less than $50 million in revenue. I don't consider either one of those small to be small. No, I don't either. No. But but going by what they consider small, that's where we're going to sure. go on this. But I agree with you 100%. I don't either. I'm, you know, I, I see a small business as being 10 10 employees or less, or even 20, something like that. Yeah, between 10, maybe 20, 50, 50 employees, maybe. Sure. I still call that. You know, and then anybody that's, you know, less than or around at most $10 million, I think, you know, most micro sized businesses, sole proprietors, you know, one employee, maybe a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year in revenue. Uh, I, I have to believe that that's almost a majority 
of the classification of small businesses. It's it's kind of interesting though because I mean you just threw out the number ten million bucks, right? That mm-hmm. that's a big number. That's a big number. I don't care if it's gross or net. It's a big number to pull in ten million dollars a year. You must not tip very well at the valet. I do. I tipped five bucks yesterday. Holy smoke! It's because I only had one one. <laughs> and, and I digress as a side dish to this main course. If a valet doesn't get Shelly's door, that directly affects their tip. They go right to my door. I'm. I don't. It just bugs me. Again, to stay on that side dish trip here for just a moment, (laughs) what I do is I pull five $1 bills out of my pocket, and every minute it takes them to get in my car, I put a dollar back in my pocket. Well, see, so we know this to be with Resort, and you only realized this recently, but you can text your ticket, and your car is waiting. And And I do. And and the last two times, it's been miserable. I didn't tip the guy at all the last one. but Not at all. Wow. We digress. There's a whole new episode. Yeah, I should write that one. I should. (laughs) Hey, I have a lot to say about that. So, to ensure prompt service. Yeah, that will be the name of that episode. So, I'm going to ask you, Ed, what, just in a quick response answer, what do big businesses have over small businesses, what what is their advantage? Uh, manpower. You know, big businesses have got manpower. They got money. When when you have the resources to throw at a problem, there there really is nothing so insurmountable that you can't overcome it. So there are there are quite a few things that big businesses have over small businesses. Um, you know, as far as employees are concerned, uh, they have more opportunities for adma- advancement. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got, uh, well, financing resources, uh, as well. Um, business legal structure, uh, the branding and the history. I mean, these are things that the bigger corporations are going to have over the small ones. Um, how about, um, economies of scale? Absolutely. I mean, when you are big and you've got something that's popular, you can pump that baby out like nothing flat. Not only that, but you can afford to outsource it. Send it, you know, let's say you're a machine shop uh, and you make some kind of metal widget. You can foundry that out and have somebody else produce it. We did that in the semiconductor business all the time. We'd have to go on allocation for silicon. And then we would foundry out the manufacturing of our chips because our plant just wasn't big enough to supply the demand. So in a small business, you'd just be SOL. So... When you have the resources that seemingly a bigger company or corporation have, you can make these decisions and that the savings of two or 3% when you're talking about that much money, now that's quite a, a, a big chunk of money on your bottom line, right? Well, and small business people can't even think in terms that you may only make a 1% margin on the sale. But because you're selling 20 million units, you're making a ton of money. Exactly. And that's kind of my point. When you, let's say you are a big widget corporation and you can get those widgets for uh, 10 cents a piece and you're selling them for 50 cents a piece. I mean, that's, that's 500% margin, right? Absolutely. But if you are a small widget company, you are not buying those in that quantity. So now you're paying you know, 22 cents a piece or 32 cents a piece. Yeah, your cost is lower than than what the big businesses could sell them for. Right. Well, and then let's look at the service side. I mean, that's if you sell a widget. The other way around. The cost is higher than what the big... Right. 
But, but if you look at the service side, like IBM uh, or HP, as, as another example, they have whole divisions that they don't sell any hardware. All they do is they provide a service. But the cost structure for bringing that service, say, like to a bank, you know, a bank wants to implement a new uh, data tracking system, a new database. Small business can't do that. They don't have the manpower. But because IBM or HP, they can bring in 100 people tomorrow right. in order to frame up this, this software installation, uh, they're only equipped to do that. They, the small business just cannot do it. No, it becomes cost ineffective. Uh, they also have bigger businesses have more systems in place, um, more diversified revenue streams uh risk profile i mean these are all real we all know this stuff right absolutely so um hold on hey ed there's this pop-up on my screen i can't get rid of it can you hear what it's saying your computer has alerted us that it is infected with the virus and spyware this virus is sending your credit card details facebook login and well phil it it, it looks like your computer might have caught some malware. I recommend you call F1 for help at 208-687-0183. With almost 20 years experience, they know how to get rid of it. Wow, really? What computers do they work on? F1 for help works with computers running Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, and Linux. Give them a call at 208-687-0183. Thanks, Ed. I will. Well, that was interesting. Um, anyway, those, those, you got to love the sponsors. I do love the sponsors. Thanks, Joe. Uh, so those are the, some of the advantages, just to name a few that big businesses have versus small businesses. But as you alluded to, Ed, there are advantages for being small as well, right? Ton, ton of advantages. What, what is your number one advantage for a small business over a large business? I think there are plenty. I'm just curious. Ooh, nimble. Yeah. Can turn on a dime. Pivot. That's right. When when the market looks soft or when there's an opportunity, um, I, I can spin immediately and take advantage of that. And actually, in, in my 14 years at Zenith Exhibits, I've outmaneuvered my competition i'm not a i'm not a great graphic designer i'm a great businessman and when i saw the market conditions i turned on a dime and took advantage of it and left everybody in the dust would you say that's the only thing in in your life that you're nimble at well at my weight (laughs) those of you who don't know me at 300 pounds nimble is not a description somebody would say of my physicality i should not have asked that question i just the the door was open i blew it through it yeah it's a big door it is a big door so it was open to crack but i can get through there um so this whole episode topic was spurned by a conversation that i had at uh our last networking lunch last week i think and one of the one of the members of our networking group is uh, at a smaller locally owned bank. Okay, she was telling me us a, a story of when she was at a bigger bank that she worked, that she had one phone to one ear and another phone to another ear, trying to get two different departments to act. <laughs> I it it's this is like 
one of the <laughs> main things, right? Well, in 35 years of business, I've been that person every now and again. I, I've, I've been that person as well in certain aspects. And, and it's, not, uh, it's not because you're not getting an answer. Sometimes you just need to multitask that way. But, but in her point, she, she, didn't, she wanted a decision done, made, and so she called someone that could make the decision, and they could, but they didn't want to put their name on it. <laughs> so it had to go a, a little higher, and they're like, yeah, I'm not going to put my name on it either because that reflects if it goes wrong. It reminds me of a book I read by Anne Rand, Atlas Shrugged. Check it out. <laughs> Let me write that note down. So having... Um, a situation where you have this sort of thing where the person you're going to in the bank has to also jump through the hoops to get an answer. That is big business, big corporation. And it's one of the things, you know, in fact, I even responded this way. It's, I got very excited because I wrote down the notes, big business versus small business. Mm -hmm. Cause I knew I was putting it to the top of the list of our topics. I said, small business are like little boats Big business are like big ships. It takes them a long time to turn and get anything done. And that didn't work too well for the Titanic. It did not. The iceberg did not give. No, no. They, you know, I'll share a story. Now, when I, when I was in corporate America, I worked for Texas Instruments. I was in facilities engineer. I started as a drafter, and in one layoff after another, I became an engineering tech. And my role was life safety engineer. So my job was to get people out of a burning building with as few casualties as possible. I also manage the leak detection, and there's nasty stuff traveling all through a semiconductor plant. But we had, an ep we had a situation where I was required by law to run a fire sprinkler test in our holodex, our generator system. And that system is running 24-7. It, it just can't turn off. So I was tasked, being a life safety engineer, with running the test. And it's, it's a, what's called a, an open standpipe system, meaning there's no plugs on, the, on this fire sprinkler valves. When the water's flowing, it's in the, in the building. And these are 17 kVA generators. You do not want to enter uh, water into no. that situation. So obviously this is, this is a stage test and I've got contractors that are coming in and I've spent weeks in preparation going through the corporate bureaucracy to plan for this test. And at every single one of these meetings is the electrical engineer works in my department. My counterpart was at every single meeting. And as far as I understood, based on everything that I had done, I was doing everything the way it was supposed to be done. And we get to test day and there's multiple stages for this kind of, for a standpipe system. And we're in stage one. That's before the water is going to be going, but now the alarm is ringing mm -hmm. and the system is charging. And then stage two, that's when water should be flowing. Well, obviously we've cut the water off, but this is a live test. So I, I do a radio check at level one. Everything's good. We're going level two. I flag it in. I get approval. We run level two. All of a sudden, here comes the manager of operations running. The guy's like 62 years old, and he's running, and he's screaming. Stop, stop. What the hell just happened? Oh, boy. I said, well, we're running the test. We just shut the fab down. Well, see, one of the... 
security things is, is when that water goes into that generator, it shuts down the fab. Yeah. Well, this electrical engineer never told me that there needed to be a wraparound to keep the electricity going to the fab. Right. And when he was quizzed as to why he didn't tell me that. Yeah, no answer. No, no, he did. It wasn't my job to tell him. So he knew it wasn't his job. And that was, honestly, that was the best lesson that I got for running a small business. As a small business owner, every decision is made by me. There is no decision that I'm afraid to make. There's no decision that doesn't fall on my shoulders. By the way, we have a future episode that we're going to talk all about decision-making, right? Absolutely. So here's the thing. Um, You understand with that, what you just said, comes full 100% accountability. Absolutely. And and that's okay. Uh, That's just a part of being a small business. You have to understand that. That's one of the reasons people get into business for themselves. They don't necessarily have to answer to anybody. They answer to themselves. Well, and that's why you have insurance. I mean, well, that's as, true. As long as I make decisions based on sound reasoning, then uh, you know I have some level of protection. Now, fortunately, being a small business, uh, you know, I'm never going to be in that situation where there's a five million dollar mistake instantly because somebody said, "Well, that's not my job." God. That just, that really gripes me. It really does. So let's go ahead and go through. We have a, a not very many t- much. Well, let's try that again. We don't have much time left. So uh, some of the things that bigger businesses don't have versus small businesses. First of all, big businesses are lawsuit magnets. Deep pockets. Deep pockets, right? You're yep. going to go there. Bureaucracy, you just, you just, oh. <laughs> you just unfolded a great bureaucracy. I story. would like to say the guy's name on the air, but I don't want to get sued. <laughs> I don't even know how we could jump through that hoop, but it would be fun. Yeah. Uh, market saturation. Um, you know, uh, lack of clear vision and direction is some things that big companies don't have. Because they're too big. Well, Smaller businesses can have that. And, and actually, it's kind of a symptom of the circumstances. You've got a big business, and you've got lots and lots of employees. And those employees really need to be kept busy. Um, so then you, you get them on independent work tasks or self-directed work teams. This, this is a Kaizen model that come, came out of Japan, really popular in the semiconductor industry. But it's even to this day, self-directed work teams is tremendously popular in Silicon Valley. Well, the problem is they're self-directed, and they usually don't pass that information to the other three teams they down don't the talk channel. to each other. Yeah, yeah, they're completely disconnected. Yeah, and I, and I certainly like the idea of self-driven teams, but you have to have the right people in line for that right well and there has to be a connection point if those teams remain independent then they will never connect and you wind up wasting more resources that's a good point um so what are some things that uh small business well let me just put it out this way your employees experience can be an actual competitive advantage when you run a small business because you're not going to have as many employees. So they, they mean more, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, their experience, because you can tailor make your employees experience to match their business, that can be a competitive advantage. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it also could be a disadvantage when you lose that employee. Well, 
Yeah. So that's another, that's another topic for another day. Uh, there are companies and I, and I look at some of these companies as model companies to keep an eye on. Um, but that actually ask their employees as they come in, what, what are their goals? What do they want to do? Or do they want to go and start their own business and things like that? I think, uh, those are perfect employees because you know what, if you have a good system in place, you can replicate that employee time after time after time. So just a quick thought, if you are a small business, you really must use all of these to your advantage. And I have a quote of the day. Quote of the day. So sorry. Quote of the day is, time sneaks up on you like a windshield on a bug. John Lithgow. Well, let's hear once more from our episode sponsor. And you all have a great day. Is your computer not running right? Is it making sounds? It shouldn't. Do you want your computer to run better? Give F1 for help a call at 208-687-0183 or visit them on the web at www.f1forhelp.net. Thank you for listening to The Business Buffet. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Business Buffet Podcast. If you came in hungry for some substantial business nuggets, we hope we left you satisfied. Pardon me. We invite you to visit our website, businessbuffet.page. Until next time, we hope you eat hearty in business. <laughs>